0: You are listening to an Elam Christian Centre podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Hey, good morning everyone. Great to be with you today. Month to Christmas, man. What's it, a week to summer? It doesn't feel like it, does it? That wind is cold out there been uh, really windy and cold fishing it's been miserable so uh, hopefully it'll improve uh, as the weeks go by and uh, good to share with you this morning pastor Bob last week uh, pastor Mike last week spoke about uh, pastor Bob's on at five o'clock isn't it? A eh? grandfather's day today I'm on in the morning pastor Bob's on at five but uh pastor mike last week spoke about using the gifts that the holy spirit has given to you and uh, making them effective i just want to pick up a little bit on the area of the holy spirit and just talk a little bit today just on the dimension of the holy spirit 33 is a great age to be i don't know if anyone here that's 33 years old that's a a great age to be and uh, you're still uh, young and fit and uh, you've got your youthful good looks and uh, you've got uh, all of you here, or most of you here. Some missing, is there? And uh, there's a 33-year-old there. You don't have furniture disease where your chest has slipped into your drawers or anything like that. You know, you're no longer regarded as youth, but you're not middle-aged yet, and it's just a great age. Uh, to be alive. Now you add to that, you add fame and crowds flocking to hear you wherever you went and uh, the world is your oyster. If you were 33 and you could go anywhere, do anything, be uh, anything you wanted, what would you choose? I wonder how many would choose a cross. A cross is a terrible death, a cross is a horrible way to end your life, especially a life that was right uh, in its prime and uh, Jesus a young man in the prime of his life Uh, cut down in this dreadful manner how can such a horrible event just be regarded as something good how can a cross be a victory it just doesn't make sense in our way of thinking uh, to die on a cross is like a terrible tragedy uh, to happen the apostle paul writes in first corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 he says for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who have been saved it is the power of god The cross goes beyond human reasoning. It is foolishness, the Apostle Paul says, to understand it we need help. Uh, We uh, we need an understanding which is different than any source of understanding that we can just get uh, with human knowledge in this natural world around us. The Apostle Paul, he goes on and writes in 1 Corinthians 2.14, he says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness there's that word again foolishness when thinking about things of the spirit it seems like it's foolishness doesn't it and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit spiritual things do not make sense to us without spiritual illumination you see there is an unseen spiritual dimension the great uh, Korean pastor Pastor Yonggi Cho uh, he wrote a great book called the fourth dimension and he put it this way uh, he said that if, in geometry, if you uh, put up two points and put a line in between, if we, uh, if we get up on the screen, June, uh, what you have is you have one dimension. But then if you add height to it, you have a second dimension. You have two dimensions. The moment you add height to one dimension, then that second dimension contains and controls the first dimension. Then you can add depth to it, and you have three dimensions and so the moment you add depth to it then this third dimension it contains and it controls the other two dimensions all the material uh, world that we see around us belongs in this third dimension where we have width, we have height, we have uh, depth and scientists uh, they're developing stronger and stronger telescopes so that they can go deeper and deeper into the universe so that they can try and find somehow find the origins of life out there some way so now if the first and the second dimension are controlled by the third dimension, then who controls this third dimension? And the answer to that is only found in one place, and that is in the Bible. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 to 2, it says this. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the, now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters the answer is the spirit of god there is a fourth dimension that that controls all else and so the earth was in the form of creation it was not evolution it was creation and there's another dimension that is mentioned here scientists can look as deep as deeper into universe as they like they will not find the origins uh, of life there there is a dimension that is not contained by the other three dimensions then they do not control it the spirit Birthed everything that we know of creation. The Spirit of God was at work and He is still at work today. He's working in your life and in my life. Often we are not aware of it, we're not conscious of the Spirit dimension, but He is there. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 5 says, As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the Maker of all things i just want to talk about that spirit dimension a little bit today first point i want to make is this god is a spirit god is a spirit god is a spirit who controls everything this world doesn't contain him that's why miracles happen the the world was created by a miracle working god the bible is a book of miracles without miracles there is no christianity that is why Jesus could walk on water. You remember Jesus walked on water. Peter's sitting in a boat. He looks out, see Jesus walking on the water. I think that looks like fun. I wouldn't mind having a go at that. And uh, Jesus says, come on, have a go. And so Peter, as long as he kept his faith, as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, as long as he followed the word of the Lord, he kept his eyes on the Lord, he walked on water. We know that Jesus also did other miracles. He did things like healing the sick, raising the dead, uh, commanding the waves to cease, multiplying loaves and fishes. And later on, the disciples, as they learned to walk in faith, they also uh, saw miracles happen around them. And every now and again, not as often as we should, but every now and again, we step into this realm when we see something miraculous happen. Sadly, not as often, because so often our lives are controlled by the thinking of our minds rather than our spirit. And so God is a spirit. And second thing, Satan is a spirit god is not the only one to have spiritual power satan lives in this realm also and you see the conflict in the middle east and the the hatred uh, not just in the middle east but around the world against the jewish people how can you explain that you know what is the reason that is such hatred towards one race and why is there so much hatred we see now towards christianity and it's because there's a real battle that's going on right now and our battle is not against flesh and blood but it's against principalities and powers of darkness. And it's not just what we see and, and hear. We have a spiritual enemy. Uh, his name is Satan. Uh, he is the devil and he hates God's people. The other religions also have their miracles, and uh, remember the story about Moses. And Moses uh, went back to Pharaoh. He's got Aaron with him, and and Aaron threw down his rod there. They ask, you know, Pharaoh, let the people go. He said no. So uh, Moses he th- he gets Aaron to throw down his rod, and that rod, a wooden rod, turned into a snake. How did that happen? How do you make a wooden rod turn into a snake? But Pharaoh wasn't impressed. And uh, you see in Exodus chapter uh, 7 and verse 10 to 11, it says, And the Egyptian magicians also did the same thing by their secret arts. Each one threw down a staff and it became a snake, but Aaron's snake swallowed up their staffs. God's power was greater and uh, Aaron's staff swallowed these up. You think, how did they do that? These are men with ordinary sticks of wood and throwing them down and turning into a snake. How did they do that? Well, they understood the spirit dimension. These sorcerers, they knew they had learned uh, how to tap into the demonic power of Satan. And the spirit power had the authority over the physical realm. And so they understood the spirit dimension. The problem they had was that the spirit that they knew did not have salvation. But Salvation only comes through the spirit of God. And so God is a spirit and Satan is a spirit and then you have a spirit you have a spirit and uh, the god and spirit uh, I, I say to angels, are spiritual beings but man is a mixture of both we are a spirit but we have a physical body everything that god created he he, he created that he just spoke and if you read in uh, uh, genesis there uh, god spoke let there be light and there was light and uh, let the waters part and, and land appear and, and waters parted and land appeared and, and uh, let there be vegetation and vegetation appeared and let there be animals and animals appeared. But when God spoke, to ma- when God went to make man, he did something quite different. Instead of just speaking it out, he spoke to himself. And he said this in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Then God said, let us. He spoke plural. Let us. Make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God spoke to himself. Let us make man in our image. God is a triune being. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so when he made Adam, he made Adam into three parts. Adam had three parts hidden in one. And so have you, and so have I. We have three parts hidden in one. When God created Adam's body, he took it from the pre-existing stuff that he had taken. He took the the dirt, the clay, the soil, and and Adam's name uh, means soil or earth, and God took that and created him. It says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. That word breath of life could also be translated spirit. Breathed into man, uh, uh, into his nostrils the spirit of life. And man became a living being. Don't be too proud about how you look. You were just made out of dirt, okay? (laughs) And you're going to go back there one day, okay? So don't be too proud about how you look. But God breathed into man what he is. God is a spirit. See, he didn't do that to the other man, animals. Everything else, when God created it, he just spoke it and created it and it happened. But with man, he did something different. He took from the lowest and he mixed it with the highest. See, he, he took from the productive soil of the earth that he had created uh, so that we could produce and be fruitful and could multiply uh, on this earth here. And then he breathed his life-giving spirit into man. We are not com- common animals. We are different from the rest of God's creation. We have a spirit dimension. We have been created a body, a soul, and a spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says that. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to break this down a little bit for us today. First of all, my body. My body gives me world consciousness it's cold the wind's cold out there or it's a hot day or uh, or i can see i can hear i can taste i can i can smell i have i have a world uh, consciousness and uh, this body is, is just an apartment or a townhouse or uh, a house or a mansion depends how often you go to the gym you know our, our bodies come in different shapes and sizes and colors and you can be lily white or you can have a nice tan doesn't really matter it's just a paint job on the outside it doesn't really matter there are a variety of houses here today your your body is just the house that that you live in uh, man looks at the outward appearance but the Bible says that God looks at the heart or God looks at the spirit. When the Bible talks about heart, it's not talking about your blood pump here. It's talking about your spirit. Our relationship with God is not on race or gender or position. It's outward things. When someone dies, we say, they have left us. But the body's still there, but they have left us. We you know, we, we know that they're not there anymore. Uh, they're, they're gone and, and uh, they're no longer in the body. The Bible says that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature or is he a new creation, some translations say. What does that mean? Well, when I became a Christian, if I was having a problem with my hip, I've still got problems with my hip. If my body had got saved... My, my hair wouldn't be falling out and my teeth wouldn't be decaying and my eyesight wouldn't be deteriorating. I wouldn't have health problems if my body got saved because when God saves, he saves it completely. So obviously my body didn't get saved when, when I became a Christian. So, so the salvation of my body, that is my blessed hope. It's still to come. It hasn't happened yet. One day I will receive a resurrected body. This old body here is no good in heaven. When I'm finished with it, you can throw it in the Woodford tip if you like. It's not much good to me uh, after that, you know. It's done its job. See, my body gives me a world consciousness, but my soul gives me self-consciousness. My soul is my mind, my emotions, my feelings. My mind is different uh, from my brain. My brain is part of the body. Uh, my brain is what my soul can express itself through. And so my soul is where my emotions flow or they break or I have heartache or they get crushed, I get scattered, I get pain or power or determination or disappointment or sorrow. And it's all housed there in the area uh, of my soul. And this, my soul is where Satan attacks me especially in the area of my mind, uh, that becomes a battlefield where Satan attacks. And therefore, because he attacks me there so often, my soul gets a mess. The psalmist knew this. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 42, verse 11, he said, why, my soul, are you downcast? He was in a mess. He said, why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Psalm uh, 23 says, he restores my soul you know our, our, our soul gets discouraged we get discouraged inside of us we have struggles we have disappointments you know we have fears and 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 there are times God's just got to come and just restore our soul again hey put your hope in God come on restores that soul again get it back on track again and so uh, because of that my soul is not a reliable guide for life see it will deceive me and and feelings and, and and memories and and fears and that that I have that is part of my history not part of my destiny and so we need to be careful that our soul uh, will deceive us and my body is not a good guide to life as well because it's getting a bit old and it's got a few aches and pains and if I just listened to my body all, all the time I wouldn't be standing up here now I'd be sitting down on the chair you know so you know My body's not a good guide for life either, but I have a spirit, and my spirit gives me God consciousness. My body gives me world consciousness. My soul it gives me self consciousness. My spirit gives me God consciousness. So when I became a Christian, my spirit was saved my mind has been saved the bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind the greek is metamorphosis there's there's a renewing that's going on uh, in my mind and my emotions my memories my feelings my perspective and my wisdom my attitude it's going through change it's growing what i was thinking when i was 20 is not what i was thinking when i was 40 which is not what i was thinking now i'm 76 there's been a change going on there And so when I became a Christian, my spirit was saved and my mind has been saved and my body will be saved. I'll receive a resurrection body when I go to be with the Lord. But my spirit now, my spirit is complete. It's finished. It's done. I can be no more saved. You can be no more saved. If you're a Christian here today and giving your life to Jesus, you can be no more saved than what you are right now people worry about their salvation and no oh, I don't feel like I'm a Christian and I've done this wrong and this has happened and I shouldn't have done that and all the time they worry about their salvation when you gave your life to Jesus you were born again your, you, your spirit can, was saved you can be no more saved than what you were. You are right now and uh, you, you are complete finished, sanctified, glorified, justified seated in heavenly places called, whatever you want you're all those things you may not feel like it but you are you can't kill a spirit that's why you'll never die you will live forever so i'm a spirit being but unfortunately i'm trying to live my life and and i'm trying to live a life where it pleases god and in this messed up soul and this decaying body and i and i struggle with this holy thing inside of me and and it's trying to live with this sick soul and has to stay in this apartment of a dying body and and the apostle paul who's probably the greatest christian ever lived, he had the same battle You know, take courage if you get discouraged and begin to question and doubt things. The Apostle Paul was probably the greatest Christian, and this is what he wrote. He said, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For my inner being or my spirit being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind or my soul and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God, who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In other words, my mind is saying to me, you guys are driving me crazy. Like, my inner being, my spirit's telling me I'm a Christian, I'm born again, and, and, and I'm holy, and, and yet uh, uh, my body and my mind are telling me I'm not holy, I'm a failure, or I've done this wrong, and I'm thinking wrong, and I said wrong words, and I got angry, and, and uh, it's, you know, my spirit's telling me a conqueror, and my body's telling me I'm a failure, or my soul's telling me I'm a failure, and I'm going backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards, and, and after a while I gr- I'm groaning within, desiring to be clothed with that which comes from above. wonder who's felt like that. You know, thanks be to God's grace. Not only do we have a spirit, but our spirit was created to link with the spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it says, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. We are joined to God. Like in a marriage, the Bible says that you become one flesh when you get married. When you became a Christian, you became one spirit with the living God you may ask how can my sinful heart how can my spirit be you know how can I be joined with a holy God and the Bible says that happens when we give our lives to Jesus, it says that we are born again, born again by the spirit of God, our old sinful heart, our old sinful spirit is washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ and we are made new then the fourth thing I want to suggest is to you today is this Faith is the language of the spirit. Faith is the language of the spirit. Maybe the musicians just like to come back now. See, what is faith? Hebrews chapter eleven verse three says, "Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, things that we hope. Faith is what we build our hopes and and our dreams with, and and it is the substance of things hoped for." when we built this building uh, the substance of this building was timber and and steel and glass and plasterboard and nails and stuff and the trucks came and and they delivered it to the site here and we didn't come back the next day and think whoa somehow miraculously overnight this whole thing just got built and thank you jesus you know it didn't happen like that Faith is the substance. Faith is the building materials. The Bible tells us that Abraham grew strong in his faith. You have to take the faith that, and the Bible says to each is given a measure of faith. Every person here today that has given their life to Jesus, God deposited into your spirit a measure of faith but you have to take it it's a substance you have to take it you have to work it. you have to develop it you pray about it you dream about it you meditate upon it you take active steps towards making it happen you work your faith and as you work your faith you find that you, that that the things that you're meditating upon the dreams that you have uh, are coming together it says in a uh, uh, Hebrews is verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things that, were, was, that are seen were not made of things which are visible. So you don't need faith for the things that you uh, can see with your natural eyes. You need faith for the things that you're carrying in your heart that you cannot see. Whatever you build in your spirit, you can have in the natural. Whatever you build in the spirit, you can have in the natural. Make sure you're building the dreams that God's given to you, otherwise you're going to get into trouble. But faith is the most wonderful commodity on the earth. Whatever you build in your spirit, if you're listening to what the voice of God has prompting you about, and you take steps toward it, you can have it in the natural. It will build it. It says faith joins with our faith. God tries to push us out there. It's like the dreams and the visions are up in the piggy bank of heaven up there, and uh, we've got an end of a rope, and, and, and we're pulling it we're working it we're making it happen we're dreaming about it we're taking some steps we're believing for it we're praying about it and as we take it it's like we're pulling that which is in in the invisible we're pulling it into the visible to bring it to pass what are the dreams that you're carrying in your heart what are the things that god has spoken to you about what are the things that maybe when you started this year you had some hopes and you had some dreams and perhaps maybe with the busyness of the year, maybe you had some discouragements, maybe you had some sicknesses, sidetracked you, and maybe some financial pressure came into your life, maybe a relationship came and something happened and, and, and it sidetracked you and, and, and it's like you let go of the rope, you let go of the dream. I really want to encourage you today as you thinking and praying as we move towards the end of the year and into the new year. You know, put your faith again in God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You know, take this a precious commodity that God has given to us and take it again and work it and use it and build something great for God in the kingdom of heaven, we pray. Amen. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you have given us this treasure in earthen vessels. Lord, a beautiful treasure from heaven. And Lord, we just thank you, O oh God, that Lord that you have entrusted it to us, O oh God, that we can become the children of God. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.